Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together, and yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. All right, listeners, we are back for another episode of Class Reunion. And let's welcome my friend, the leader of our theater group, Pop Connection and the voice of an angel, Nicole Hakeem-Yan. Wow. Thank you. Quite an intro, right? <laughs> yes. But yeah. I told you, I was so looking forward to having you on because from the outsider, you know, you were just this performer that everyone just knew was going to get the lead, not in a bad way. You were just fantastic. And so it was always such a treat for us as classmates to know you were going to be in a performance like The Wiz or whatever, all the plays you were in. It was just a delight for us to have somebody so talented at our high school. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Because I'll tell you, you know, it's not always that feeling that you get, you know, that... Yes, because we're going to talk about it. I asked Nicole because the, one of the reasons why I wanted to have her on was, you know... um to represent that part of our community within our high school. We had so many talented people at Groves High School to go on into a variety of, of movies and in theater, et cetera. Yes. But I said to Nicole, I did, you know, I called her ahead of time. And by the way, for our listeners, I know we're going to go through high school and we're going to reminisce and Gen X, but I want you to stay for uh, halfway through this because we're going to have the most incredible conversation and I don't want you to miss it. It's going to be very powerful. So, uh, I am delighted that Nicole is trusting me to have this conversation with her. But I, I asked her, you know, uh, in the pre-call with her, I was like, Nicole, was it as easy as it seemed? And did you feel that pressure all the time? Because I just introduced you as this fantastic performer in our high school musicals. And then what is that like for the person who's on stage having that pressure? And you share with me what you what you said. So, no, I didn't have that pressure because I didn't feel that way. Yeah. I kind of felt like an outsider. It's like, I mean, I fit well with the theater people, but kind of everywhere else, I was kind of more of, I felt, an outsider. In the you know? rest of, of the high school, the classes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. and let's talk about that, too, because I did think you had a separate secret group. Like, I wanted to make scenery just to be <laughs> be part of it because it is this group that seems to have this unconditional trust and you're putting yourself out there in a very vulnerable situation and you're tweaking your skill set and on stage every week that you're practicing. And there's got to be uh, a, a really good camaraderie that comes about with that, different than an athlete or, or something like that. Um, that I always envied, envied from the outsider's point of oh, view. Well, really, that, but that's the whole thing about theater is anyone can be a part of it. You just have to find your spot. Yes. And it was never considered like, 
oh, we're theater people. We stick together kind of thing. You know what I mean? Anybody would always be welcome. And yeah, I don't think that we thought of ourselves as, I don't know, like an individual only kind of group. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree with you. But then you did say you felt different outside of that group. So true. You know, true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it it had a lot to do with I didn't look very highly at myself. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I was very self-conscious, easily disappointed, or just, I just didn't feel good enough. To be honest with you, that's the best way of saying it, because it's really the truest. I wondered if that was the case, but when you shared that with me, it was like, boy, my, my thought behind what that role is. It's exactly what, what I thought it was, which is, you know, some, some self doubt masked in this ability to go on stage and, and kill it, you know, knock, knock the play out of the park. So I just appreciated you sharing that because we all like, we all have this perception of how everybody is in high school. And then when you really ask and get down to it, there's insecurity no matter you know, being the best football player or the best singer, uh, whatever the case is, I think there's always going to be in high school that insecurity. And I think we were also part of the reason why I'm doing this. We were also a generation that never spoke about that. Like talking about your feelings was not something very common Um, Mm -hmm. or being able to identify why you feel the way that you do was just not common for us. But on a fun note, what was your favorite performance. Oh, it, it, during high Gross. school? G- during high school. Okay. It has to be the whiz. I know. It was so good, Nicole. It was so good. I mean, you know, Ted and, and Doug and I mean, just everybody. Yes. But like you couldn't separate the three of us. You no. know, we're always together and to be able to do something and be that close with them in the show was so fun. Now, are you so talking fun. about Ted Ramey? Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you keep in touch with the Ramies? You know, I haven't. I, I've sent him uh, little hellos for his birthday every once in a while, right. but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I did talk to him one time, but it was very briefly. We had Sam, who was older, and Ted Ramey. And I mentioned the success of our, our classmates. They went on to TV shows, movies, the Spider-Man production. Wasn't that Sam Ramey's? The beginning, yes. Yes. And then Ted was in some kind of Odyssey movie or show. Oh, he was on um, Xena. Oh, okay. Warrior, what, Warrior Princess. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, we definitely, and then we had, not The Wiz, but we had the production with Johnny Depp in Pontiac, Michigan. The Oz. Oh. The Great and Powerful Oz. Or, yes. Or like a modern version. And yes. I think that was Ted. Ted or Sam? It was it was Sam. Was Ted in it too, though? It, uh, the, well, so many people were. Teachers were brought back. There was a lot of local faculty that was part of that movie. So Groves That's Falcons so cool. have it going on. Let me tell All right. you. <laughs> um, so just quickly, still staying with high school. So was there a teacher that impacted you the most, good or bad? Jeez, really, I got along really well with a lot, all my teachers, really. Yes. There was one, and I won't mention names, but there was one that if it were today's world, he would have been very in trouble. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> uh huh. But yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Labatt were just, of course, awesome. Right. Yeah. And we just recently lost Mr. Labatt. So that was- I know, I saw that. Very sad. 
But um, also Mrs. Slaughter. Yes, everybody loved Mrs. Slaughter. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I just loved her because she was just so down to earth. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yes. And she just told you like it was. Yes. And I really appreciated that. Yes. You know? She treated us like adults uh, to yes. some degree, you know, uh, as if we weren't just, you know, her students, but just, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I didn't have her. But I obviously knew of her and saw her in the hallway a lot. So anything that you would go back and say to your younger self, because I want to, I know we want to reminisce about high school, but there's so much to your story thereafter. Um, So is there anything that you would have said to your younger self at that time? I probably would have said something like, you're not the only one that feels this way. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And don't close doors that you haven't even attempted to try to open. There's a t-shirt. <laughs> That's a good one because I think there's just so much fear. I love the that you didn't attempt to open because I didn't. Mrs. Labatt, actually, I was in some dance class or something like that, and she wanted me to pursue it and talk to my mom. I couldn't twirl across the stage for the life of me, but she wanted to expand my horizons and felt that I would you know, enjoy it. And I, I didn't open that door. I didn't even... Mm-hmm. There are so many doors I wanted to open that I just was too afraid to go in. So I love that saying. Did you drive yourself to school? No, I I took the bus. I was a bus girl the okay. whole time. Which is incredible because we're going to go to your children, but are they full-time bus? Well, when we were living in the historic district in Pontiac, yes. I wanted them to go to West Bloomfield schools. Okay. And yeah, we had to drive them. So there, there was that. But then when we moved to Richmond, I was like, Yes, they can take a bus. Yes. Right? Yes. Until <laughs> yes. my daughter was like, oh, I really miss our time in the car together. And I'm like, yeah, right. You just oh, want to pick you good. up. Okay. <laughs> I know. <good. laughs> well, one of the things I've mentioned to you that is coming your way is a box of deck of candy. <laughs> Remember these candy necklaces? Yes, I Right? Do. So I'm going to put mine on. Here, hang on. You will be getting a box. Was there a candy that you loved to get when you were like riding your bike up to the drugstore or whatever you did? Candy necklaces or bracelets or whatever yep. they were. Yep. The, um, I better get this insured. <laughs> the <laughs> bottle, remember like the little Coke bottles and wax? Oh, Yes. I can't believe you said that because I was going to pull this out and say, do you remember these? Yes. You will be getting this in your box. Yes. Isn't that amazing? That's the best. Yes. And of course, razzles. Razzles. Razzles are in there. And the little paper candies that you eat off Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 So I love those. um, I hope you in, in, enjoy that. But yes, this is just something we, we did and everybody l- loved it and ate it. And good golly, they don't make this candy like they used to. It was fun. Oh, and do you remember those big sticks with the sugar inside? <gasps> what were those? Pic- pixie sticks? Yes. Is that the name of them? Pixies? Yeah. Yes. I'll never forget at Julia Horde's birthday party. I don't think it was high school. It might have been, I don't, I don't know when it was, but anyway, we had like a, like a little search outside to find things outside oh, of our house. Oh, right. Like a little scavenger hunt. Yeah. And I'll never forget mm. in her tree, they had these big, huge pixie sticks, like huge. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was so fun. That's very that was cool. a fun time. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I've got some sweet news to share about old time candy. They're all about bringing back the classic candies we grew up with and love. 
How, you ask? With the Decades Box, of course. It's like taking a time machine back to your childhood, only sweeter. Personally, I've ordered from Old Time Candy to add some pizzazz to friends' milestone birthdays. And wow, was it a hit. Each box is jam-packed with goodies from the decade of your choice that will transport you back in time with a single bite. Plus, this family-owned business has been run by candy lovers for candy lovers since 2000. So if you're eager to relive the good old days, go ahead and check out Old Time Candy. You won't regret it. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay, so we've graduated. You've gone to college. So you graduate and Mm -hmm. you're still loving performing and you want to talk about that transition to New York or wherever you want to take take the next step here um, when you met Chris and your husband and all that. Well, Chris and I met um, in undergrad. Well, I was an undergrad. He came into the Hillbury, um, which was the graduate program. Mm -hmm. And we dated and, you know, fell in love. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And uh, we got married. And after we were married, we moved to New York. Uh And there's a lot that, you know, I'm not going to really get into with that. I got really close to my dream role and it didn't work out for whatever reason. So I was going for that particular role that was like why I went to New York. Yes. And I had a conversation with the casting director. And at the end of that conversation, he said to me, you know, it's really hard because someone as good as you that has always comes in and performs so well. And it's really hard, but you know, there's mm-hmm. just nothing for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nothing? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So there's so much more that goes to the story, but it's too long. That was, and I didn't know it then, but that was one of the times that it was a very, very noticeable slip into depression for me. Yep. Yep. Now, looking back, I can see that I had it my whole life practically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I learned very early on, because of course, you're not supposed to talk about it. Right. Right. To put on this amazing mask. And when I, if it comes up for whatever reason, when I'm speaking to somebody, they think I'm joking. Mm-hmm. No way. You? Right. Right. Ab- no way. That's right. No. Even a psychiatrist did that with me. He was like, okay, like totally your words do not match the way you are talking and looking at me. Yes. And I'm like, well, I learned well. I yeah. Learned well. Yeah. And I we're going to expand on that. But when Nicole first brought this up, I was like, listen, in the 80s, there was no toolbox. There was no name to anything, whether it was ADHD or depression or any of those, you know, even narcissism now is such a, a hot topic. Don't gaslight me. We didn't use that lingo. We didn't know any of that. And so it was either you were just suck it up and we were all the same in school um, or or you were really an outcast because you were um, needing different t- types of way to learn or whatever it was. And it's like we really didn't have enough to allow us to have those conversations. And that's why from this moment on, um, I'm thanking you for this because 
It's so incredibly important. And your trust in me is valued. I don't want to get upset, but like, I love you. And so this is so meaningful to me to have this conversation because you're, you're not alone. And I really wish this was part of our dialogue back in the day. So I've kept in touch with Nicole being on Facebook, nothing too, too major. We've run into some of the same social circles as our kids were older. So um, Nicole is not unusual for me to have a conversation with, but where we we are going to take it is something that's um, new and, and important. Um, and so when we were on Facebook, I happened to notice I received an offer. She had started a page called um, You Have Power Over Your Depression. And it's it's on Facebook and I highly encourage you to join. And um, so I was really proud of you for for starting that that group. Thank um, you. So thank you for for that. But New York is tough anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you have this dream that you you anticipated moving forward with. And you're now seeing your body change and in allowing the depression to take a little bit over you. Was that slowly? Was there a, a particular catalyst besides just New York? Or how did that become strong enough for you to know depression was your label? So there were many times that I had suicidal ideations. Mm-hmm. And that, those are just thoughts mm-hmm. of suicide. Mm-hmm. So there are like, you could think of it as like three levels yes. of suicide, right? So there's the, there's the thoughts mm-hmm. that come into your mind. Mm-hmm. The next level that it starts to become very scary and you get whisked away to the emergency room mm-hmm. is when you start having a plan. And then, of course, the third is attempted or completed suicide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I, at that point, I was more in the uh, thinking mm-hmm. stage. And I mean, that would come and go a little here and there. And I would never understand, you know, necessarily why. Mm-hmm. Now I know it's the depression talking to you. Mm-hmm. I've come to learn that when I'm really down on myself and talking very badly about myself and that it is not me. Yeah. It's the depression. Yeah. Because the depression wants to keep you sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's still wanting to exist inside mm-hmm. of you, mm-hmm. right? So actually, my husband is the one that pointed that out to me. That was one of the most amazing things he gave me mm-hmm. was that realization. Even still, when you are really, really deep, deep down into it, and the way I describe it to people is like, you feel like you are in the blackest, just the darkest, deep, deep hole. And you look up and there's a teeny, weeny, weeny little pin of light. And you so want to get to that light, but you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't. That's depression for me. I have a lot of questions. So there is a misconception too that it can evolve around substance abuse. Sometimes, you know, that seems to be like, oh, you're depressed because you're drinking or smoking too much or whatever the case is. And you have your attitude on life. And and when you said your therapist was, you know, not saying you match the symptoms, forgive me for the comparison, but I just want to go to to Twitch from from Ellen's show who passed away. His uh, autopsy results came out and everyone was like, wow, there was nothing in his system. Well, that is how powerful those voices can be. 
Yes. You don't have to have anything in your in your body except the wrong words to take you down. Yeah. And I think that was an eye opener for people because I just don't know if they thought maybe he was taking pills and drinking to, to do the final stage. And that is not not the case. And mm-hmm. so when that came about, one of the things that I really wanted to probe with you today, this is my impression. I think depression gets the least amount of support. We've talked about that. You can walk for breast cancer. You can walk for leukemia. You can do all these walks. And then there's this, you know, how badly do people want to get involved in fundraising for the right resources for people with depression? Because it sounds depressing, right? And and that's really <laughs> yeah. not the case. There's all sorts of ways to to combat it. And then there's the infamous, when something happens, if you know a loved one, you know, uh, here's the number, call 1-800-SUICIDE-LINE. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how much that unnerves me. Not because people don't mean to be, you know, they want to be genuine about that, but you are placing everything on top of the person who can't get out of bed in the morning. If they were feeling like there was only a tiny bit of light, why are we leaving the phone call to them to say, oh, go get help. And I would rather learn from you today. And this is why this is so important, why I wanted you to talk about it. What are the words that you need to hear from someone like myself who's calling you? And let's say I'm just checking in and we're just having a normal conversation, but I'm I'm sensing something or I don't know. I want to know the vocabulary that you need from people to help in any way. Or I just would rather be in the upfront part of the conversation than waiting to where it's too late. And I don't know what those trigger words are that allow you to feel safe. And I would love to have you explore that with me because I think that's where people fail. Not just to put something on Facebook and say, I'm doing my Facebook check-in. Is everybody okay? I want to know the words. Okay. So here's the Sorry, I'm getting part. passionate about it, but it, it irritates me. No, no. Like, oh, I'm glad you are because yeah. it's important. You know, it's funny because I, uh, the way I look at it mm-hmm. is depression is a potentially failed disease. Yes. Yes. Just like cancer. Yes. Just like heart disease. Yes. So- When people get made to feel bad about taking medication, you wouldn't tell someone who had cancer not to go and get therapy, would you? Right. But people do to people with depression because they don't want anybody to know. No. This, This is the hard part. People can say and mean the most wonderful things, Mm -hmm. but it's that voice in your head Mm -hmm. that's going to turn it all around. Mm Mm-hmm. And make it all untrue. So, however, however, knowing that someone is there, knowing that someone is talking to you, knowing there's an attempt that someone is trying to care for you, that's still huge. But don't expect these words to have the person go, wow, you really feel that? Oh my God, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm... F- I feel so much better. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Thanks no. for calling. It makes me feel great. Yeah. 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 I mean. I'm all better now. Yeah. It's important. But I think when people don't get that response, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. No, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to keep on doing. Okay. So you keep on doing it yeah. because they have got that voice 
that's telling them the worst things about themselves Mm -hmm. and that the only way, like my voice, the only way, if I loved my family enough, I would die and get out of their way. Your voice at the time when you're in the peak of depression. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So never give up on somebody. Mm -hmm. Never think that you're not helping. The other hard part is unless the person is either ready or wants to get better, it's sometimes hard to get them help. It's kind of like that saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. Now, that's not to say that, let's say if they were in a suicide situation and you get them into some sort of program, that program most times will help them get out of that deep, deep, deep part. Mm Mm-hmm. But as weird as it sounds, a person who has been sick for a while, that's what they know. That's as sad it is. That's their comfort zone. Okay. So to take those extra steps to get really, really well is very scary. And it's not even a conscious thing. No. Right. But see, that's another thing that takes time and, and you can't make somebody better. Obviously, medication is a very big help too. It is. So, but I want to go to, to the medicine too. I feel like there's a lot of generic brands out there and, and I, this could be my naive knowledge, Nicole. So correct, correct me, but going to all these fundraisers and where medicine is going and the dedication to new drugs for, like you mentioned, cancer research, et cetera. I feel like, you know, you've got like Wellbutrin, like there's just a few staples that are thrown out there. And depression is such a chemical, unique thing to each individual that takes time to number one, know what works for you. Mm-hmm. Number two, do we have enough out there right now um, to even choose from? Or are we all still in this cookie cutter, like I mentioned, the top five, you know, pick and choose? And does it deter the individual who should be getting the medicine because it's going to take time to fix? Okay. So first of all, I'm going to say this. Lots of doctors will prescribe medication mm-hmm. for depression. Mm-hmm. That's okay, I guess, for a first stop. Yeah. However, the ones who know the medications best mm-hmm. are the psychiatrists. Okay. So I would say if you really need it, yeah, get you can get started. If, if that helps, great. But if not, they can like talk you through certain questions and they can find out it's this side of the brain more than this side or you know, it's more anxiety than it is depression. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's so many things that they will really sift through mm-hmm. and then be able to prescribe based on that rather than just a general overall thing. It can take a while to find the right thing mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. I have been through many medications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I've got my cocktail. They call yep. it a cocktail. Right. Yep. Cause sometimes it takes more than one. Right. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good right now. Some people are afraid to take medication. My mm-hmm. beginning with medication, mm-hmm. since it happened in a really bad way after my children were born, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was breastfeeding. There's no way I'm taking this medicine. Right. Oh, that's another good point. Yes. Right. Yeah. There, I, you, no way. Don't even talk to me about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which hurts you in the long run because you're trying to do it on your own. Yeah. So finally, my sister had to actually like say, 
you're taking it right now. Mm-hmm. Open the bottle right now. Mm-hmm. Put it in your mouth. Yep. Swallow it. Yeah. Right. So that's how I started. Now with me, right? I'm still in that thought that well, if I'm if I'm taking medication, there's something wrong with me. So I always want to get off my medication. <laughs> okay? Well, and I've heard that when it starts working. That could be the somewhat scary downfall because now you're like, I'm better. I don't need it when you finally found the perfect formula and that's why you should stay on it. Yes. I don't know. I'm getting upset when we talk about this stuff just because it's it has such a stigma. Today it does. And yet we all feel bad when we hear about these stories and suicide rates have gone up since COVID. And we hear, you know, and I mentioned Twitch or I mentioned, I I forget all the, the people this year that... You know, we, we say that celebrities, oh, that's so sad. And it's your next door neighbor. It's yeah. your mailman. It's your teachers. It's it's everyone in your community. And we seem to just not be putting the priority on mental health that needs to happen because it still has this weird stigma. Yes. That's why we're not connecting with people when we're checking in, because those conversations still are so not transparent enough. What I am is a peer recovery specialist. And the reason why I became one is after I was hospitalized, well, I wasn't hospitalized. It's a partial hospitalization program, Mm -hmm. which means that I go during the day, Mm -hmm. all day, Mm -hmm. go home, sleep at night and come back the next day. And Mm -hmm. you do that Monday through Friday for as many weeks as you need to. Okay. That was the first time that I was in a room with people that were saying the same things that I thought. Mm-hmm. And the the way that they would not only their thought process but you know some of the actions taken and like there were just similarities that were flying at me from all directions and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this." Mhm. Mhm. How c- can there be other people like me? But I also learned skills. I learned that I could help myself. Right. I'm like, what in the world? Are right. you kidding me? Like, are you serious now? I I can do these for myself? This is how I change my thought process? What? Mm-hmm. Are, are you joking right now? We talked about the lack of toolbox. Like we, yes. we had nothing in... Sometimes it is just having some things in your arsenal aside from medication or the doctor, but on a day to day when these things hit you to be able to pull that out and be like, okay, this, this is what I need to be doing to curb these thoughts and have them readily available instead of, you know, when it, when you're too dark, I'd rather be the proactive supporter or the proactive person who can pull something out of the bag and use it when you need it. And we just yes. didn't grow up that way. And you mentioned right. the specialist who deals with trauma. We've also talked about this. Gen X was full of trauma. That's why we're this quiet group. Like we just dealt with shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Sorry, but that's the way it was. And and then we went on and we had careers or we got married or we did whatever it was. And you forget to go back and, and pay homage to that little child. And say, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I didn't know. The other crushing thing that I wish our medicine, our our health system would provide is um, funding for that. Because it's a lot of time, these are not covered by most people's medical insurance, which I think is also an unfortunate deterrent. How do you feel about that? 
I had no idea that that was the case. Yeah. I've been lucky, I guess, because all of my, everything's been covered for me. Yeah. So there's two sides. First of all, that is a terrible thing. However, Mm -hmm. on the other side, there are like, there's NAMI, but that's a place where you could go and get help. Now, I don't know if they have like free medication and things like that. See, I've never had to I'm going to look into this more research before I, I say it's National Alliance of Mental Illness. Okay. National's, uh, nation's largest grassroots mental health organization. Listen, the fact that I had to look it up means we don't know enough about it. Like this well, is fact just, that, I'm irritated yeah. right now. We are going on the road. We're taking this show on the road. And, and, and how many people are out there like me? They had no idea about any of this stuff. I know. Yep. Right? So, and I'm doing this in my fifties. Right. That's why I think this is so important. Do you know how many people in our fifties are in the same boat? And now you're going to have retirement coming, which we have to talk about too. I've got to watch my time here because I could talk to you for 72 hours straight. (laughs) Now you've got the fear possibly of, of retirement. Do I have enough money? Am I, what does that look like? And, and you could be exacerbating something that was probably maybe with you all along. And now it's, it's in retirement. Like this is, is so important for this Gen X generation to get a hold of knowing what's available because mm-hmm. our children, sure, they have the same issues, but they, they know they, they have a little bit of a better opportunity to talk about it openly than we did. Um, I'm going to close on my gratitude. Uh, I have some fun things next real quick, but I want to take this serious part and close on my gratitude because if, if there's one DM that you get out of this, if there's one DM I get, any inquiry of wanting to learn more, this segment was entirely worth you sharing, which is a very um, honorable and vulnerable thing you've done. I think that will be fantastic. And I want to carry that concept forward and and make one DM turn into a million DMs and be able to help more than just one person. But one is, is better than none, you know? It would be amazing. I'm going to go on to some humor here, but okay. love you. Love you very much. Um, I love you too. Okay. So we're going to do, and a lot of these I've done um, 80s and 90s, you know, TV shows and music influences. But for you, I have a special edition. Oh, jeez. And it's going to be about your favorite musical songs. So I'm going to have you pick between two. Oh, Ready? no, I hate making choices. <laughs> yeah, they're good ones. They're good ones. So seriously, I'm a twist kind of girl at Dairy Queen because then I don't have to decide between oh, chocolate and, you and vanilla. And you and me both. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. All right. Hit me. Memory from Cats or Defining Gravity from Wicked? Oh. Right? I know. That's so good. Like, I hate you right so now. So good. Um, I have to go with Defying Gravity. Okay. Okay, this is for you, Lay Miz here. I dreamed a dream or on my own? Shame on you. <laughs> on my own when I was younger. Okay. And I dreamed a dream now. Not because of where my life is, just because when I was younger, that was the part that I was up for. And now that I'm older, I would be up for this. So that's why. Okay. Don't cry for me, Argentina from Evita. And uh-huh. I'm telling you, I'm not going I'm not from dream Oh. And I'm not going to say if I sang while I was typing these up, but I did. (laughs) Uh, I'm telling you. Me too. I'm not leaving. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it just builds and builds and you are like 
go. It, oh, and Jennifer Hudson was great in that song too. Oh, absolutely. My favorite things from The Sound of Music or You Can't Stop the Beat from Hairspray? My favorite things from Sound of Music. And then Tomorrow from Annie <laughs> or Don't Rain on My Parade from Funny Girl. Tomorrow. I know, right? But I did like Don't Rain on My Parade because I think of Barbara Streisand all the time. Da, 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 da. Thank you for playing that. Yes, you're, you're welcome. I know that I can play that game with. <laughs> Okay, so in the final segment, I always say I play uh, my my last name, Dr. Pepper, and uh, unlocking the sweeter life. So, what what do you, Chris, talk about how the rest of your life looks for looks like moving forward? I am hoping for grandchildren one day. <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact, I even went as far as telling Ilsa that she can go ahead and get pregnant at any time, and I'll just take the baby and raise it for her. So okay. you know, there's that offer out there. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> anyway, so we hope that that will be in the future. Um, Chris would love to rent like some type of RV or some kind of vehicle that we could go and just, yeah, that's not me. So, <laughs> um, no. I'm, so, I mean, if he wants to do that, he could maybe do that and I could fly to the next place and just be up there. I'll meet you at the Smoky Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. There's so many more places to explore that I'm I'm with Chris, but I'm with you on the plane. I want. To <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. We just we're just gonna love being together, you know, and not have worried about other stuff. Nope, nope. And and I love that answer because that is truly the most meaningful part. I just didn't know because you're originally from Michigan. You know, you still have a place in Michigan, but you're in Virginia. Your kids, you know, our world is so mobile now for for them. So who knows where they'll end up. And I just didn't know if you had a favorite place that you often talk about, like one day on the rocking chair. Well, he loves it here. Yeah. All my family is home. Mm -hmm. That's where that RV comes in handy because you can go back well, see, now that, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll be older, so we won't be able to make it the whole way in one night. You'll so have we'll to just stop, stop halfway. Right, right. You know? That's <laughs> we funny. get cozy in our RV. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to let you go. I have learned an awful lot, and I thank you for helping me and, and listening to your story. And aside from that, it's just part of your makeup, the rest of who Nicole Jan is, is spectacular. And you are a wonderful mother, a great wife. You're a very good friend. I appreciate you doing this for me very, very much. So I look forward to hearing everyone's feedback because I think today was very important and special to me. And I just want to thank you so much. Oh, gosh. Thank you. I didn't do anything for you. (laughs) All right. We have our 40th uh, uh, reunion coming up next year. So get ready for that. (laughs) for that but thank you so much for being on i love you and we'll talk Mm, soon love you too okay Okay. all right friends that's it for this episode of class reunion podcast thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the show write us a review and share this podcast with a friend until next time